so I have eight questions for Joe Biden. Just eight. I mean, I would follow up, so it would be a rollicking good time. But the first question is, do you support teaching critical race theory in public schools? Now, just today, uh, the Biden administration announced they were going to hire some crazy left bomb-throwing racial person. And then they had to walk it back, say, oh, no, no, it was a miscommunication. But I want to know what Joe Biden thinks about critical race theory being taught to seven-year-olds, right? I'm a simple man. It's a simple question. Then I would follow up with, would you please define, Mr. President, critical race theory for all of us? What exactly do you think it is? So those are the first two. Then I would uh, get into systemic racism in America, because Mr. Biden has said that many, many times. We're a racist country. It's systemic racism. So I, I, give me the best example of systemic racism. One, the, but the best one, the big one that's in your mind. All right, that's the third question. Fourth question, uh, we go to the economy. So uh, Mr. Biden said uh, this week that the high inflation number in June, 5.4%, which is astronomically high, was expected. But my staff did the research and the White House Budget Office, all right, early part of this year under Biden, said we expect little more than 2% inflation. So if that's what the Budget Office said, why are you saying 5.4% was expected? Now, that might be a little confusing to President Biden, so I would speak slowly, but I would give him the stat, okay? The fifth question, gasoline and food price hikes are hurting working and poor Americans, all right? We didn't have, the country didn't have this rise in prices under Donald Trump. And then I would say, right, correct, and Biden would have to say yes or no. But the fact is, there wasn't price rises in energy and food under President Trump. That's the fact. Okay. So then hopefully he'd tell the truth and say, no, there wasn't, there were, those prices didn't go up under my predecessor. They go, well, well, why are they going up now? Specifically gas and food. Now I'm sure he'd throw COVID in there. That's what I anticipate, but he'd have to give me a cogent answer or I'm going to come in and say, well, what does that mean? You know, you shut down pipelines. Uh, he might go to the colonial pipeline hacking, might go there. But you know me, I'm on it. All right. And I have a baseline of facts in all my interviews. So the sixth question would be, it looks like 1.5 million migrants will be apprehended by border authorities in the federal government's fiscal year. 1.5 million. Now that's double last year and way more than the last 10 years. So why is that happening under your watch? And before you answer, Mr. President, please consider that the president of Guatemala said, this is your fault, directly said that. Why would he do that? See, that's the question on immigration. The seventh question is, that a new poll says 61% of Americans want election reform in the states. And some of the states are holding votes on reforming the election, cutting down on fraud. You oppose most reform, Mr. President. Why? If 61% of the people want it, why don't you? 
And then I would follow up and say, do you believe asking for a voter ID at the polling place is racist? Yes or no? And why? Simple man, simple question. All right, the eighth question is finally, according to recent surveys, 2 million Americans say they are not looking for jobs because they're getting money free sent to them by your administration. Does that disturb you that 2 million Americans are not looking to earn a living but want to live on the dole? Now, he's never going to answer that, but it has to be asked. So those are my eight questions, okay? And I think they're all fair. Again, if you don't think they're fair, bill at BillOReilly.com. If you have other questions, I'll read them. Um, but that's what I would like to hear tonight. But I will never in a million years hear those questions posed on CNN. If I do, I'll tell you tomorrow. You know, I'll watch it. And if one of my questions, or even close, is posed, then I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be fair, but I'm not expecting it. So President Biden's been in office six months. My grade after six months is D, as in Terra Dog, Holly the Terra Dog, D. That might be unfair to Mr. Biden, but I thought about it a lot. And outside of distributing the vaccine in an orderly way, which has happened under his administration, Outside of that, I don't see any benefit for the United States of America directly linked to Joe Biden. Again, if I'm being too harsh, you let me know. So let's bring in a presidential guy, a guy who uh, written a number of books about presidents, uh, Paul Brandis, coming to us from Washington. He uh, is White House bureau chief and founder of West Wing Reports. So you make a, a living watching the president and how the executive branch runs. What grade would you give President Biden? Well, I think it's uh, maybe a little bit better than your D, Bill, but probably not that much better. And I think you gave a lot of the good reasons. I mean, there's no question that he came into office, first of all, saying that uh, COVID was the big thing that he wanted to do and everything else, frankly, drived from that, okay, that's a fair uh, point, I think. So where are we after six months? Well, first of all, he came in and said, well, I wanna have uh, 100 million people uh, vaccinated within uh, X period. Well, that was kind of a, you know, a, a low bar to begin with. It was deliberately set low, so it would be easily achieved, give them an early success. The real marker was when he said, we want 70% of Americans, well, 70%, of adults at least, to be vaccinated by July 4th. Uh, they came uh, somewhat close to that, I think about the 65, 66%. Uh, not bad, but that still leaves tens of millions of people, of course, who have uh, not been vaccinated. Then you've got this uh, Delta uh, variant rearing its ugly head. So uh, in light of the fact that they have not met the goals that he established, uh, a lot of these other things simply are not getting uh, done. See, I don't blame uh, you know, him for the vax. I, I, you know, there are 30 percent well, of Americans. It's a lot of folks, uh, American adults, just not going to get the vax. No matter what you say, they're yeah. not going to do it. All right. And so you can't force them to do it. 
And to Biden's credit, he hasn't introduced any mandates and he doesn't do that. And that's a good thing. But outside of COVID, you look at the economy, it's wobbling. You look at prices, they're going up. You look at the border, it's a catastrophe. Just Cuba, I talked about this with Sean Hannity today on his radio program. He's yeah. out of Miami. Just Cuba alone, all Biden had to do was go down to Miami and make a speech saying, we want freedom for the Cuban people and we're going to put as much pressure on Havana, on the communist government as we can to make that a reality. That's all he had to do. Wouldn't do it. His solution to Cuba, and this was why he gets a D, is to send more American personnel to the embassy in Havana. Come on. Does anybody yeah. on earth think that's going to do anything? It isn't. It's dumb. Well, they, well, Go ahead. They, I, well they've messed up on the border, I think, uh, no question about it. I think uh, the media, which was all over this, like white on rice, of course, during the Trump era, I think they've largely looked the other way here. I mean, first of all, he kind of out, he outsourced it to uh, Vice President uh, Harris. Uh, she has not done, in my judgment at least, a particularly good job. She went down to Latin America, uh, didn't really do that much. Uh, she claimed she'd been to the border. She hadn't. And so I'm not really sure what they're doing. And these people are coming in. Uh, I think the number you said, one and a half million. I've seen different numbers, but it's certainly well over a million. It's a number from the Border Patrol, from the Biden administration's own people. That's the well, number, 1.5. And, and what's interesting about that number, Paul, is that's just the apprehensions. That's yeah. not the other million migrants who got in. All right. Um, because the Border Patrol can't can't get them all. This is this is a human wave. But the horrible stuff about this. And again, I'll remind people I wrote a column, Mikasa Sukasa, is that tens of thousands of migrants are being murdered and, and beaten up and raped and, and everything by these horrible people, these coyotes, these cartels in Mexico. This humanitarian disaster is totally ignored by the American press. You were right. You were absolutely right. Kids in cages, that's what we held about Trump. But all yeah. of these terrible, terrible crimes against humanity, um, against these poor migrant people, you don't have a word about it because also, the media is invested in Joe Biden. Go ahead. There's also a big difference in terms of Cuba and Latin America. You know, in terms of his policy towards uh, Cuba, uh, he could have said, uh, you know, get out of Cuba. Our arms are, we have an open door for you. We welcome you. Come to Miami. We'd love to have you. Uh, but he has not done that. But in Latin America, the view is that it's a more uh, permissive attitude. I think that's why the numbers have increased on his watch, because he's seen, I think, is not as uh, tough on the border as Trump was. So you got these waves of folks coming up here. But in Cuba, it's like, no, 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 don't don't come here. I don't know what the difference is. Well, I mean, Cuban, I'll tell you what the difference is that the uh, and I talked about it again with Hannity. The difference is that um, some progressive leftists think Cubans will vote Republican, that they're more conservative than the Central Americans, which is true. Uh, Cuba is a more traditional, religious, family based society. I'm not this isn't a besmirchment against Central America and Mexico, but it, the society in Cuba is much more traditional. But here's it. Here's the bottom line on this. And I hate to use that cliche bottom line. Asylum. I mean, every Cuban who gets to the United States is going to get asylum because they are fleeing a totalitarian, violent communist regime. All right. They're not saying, hey, my brother in law is in a gang and he's mean to me. Let me in as a lot of the uh, Central Americans are doing. This is true 
political horror going on in Cuba. So therefore, by definition, the Cubans are entitled to asylum if they can get here. And Biden made it quite clear that he doesn't want them coming. He doesn't want them trying to get here. So anyway, you know, it's an interesting discussion. Here's a final question for you. Yeah. I see Joe Biden as Jimmy Carter. I, it, there are so many similarities um, between Biden and Carter, both weak leaders, both beholden to uh, Biden, much more so than Carter was. But, but Biden is beholden to the progressive left. Right? He does what they want him to do. He doesn't have any kind of backbone uh, on crime, on abortion, even though he's a Catholic. I mean, he's just weak. And that's what Jimmy Carter was. He's a weak president. Do you see that? Well, I think there are certain, certainly similarities. And I think I see Biden, frankly, as sort of a, a transitional president. I mean, look, he's 78 years old. I mean, I can't see someone that old getting reelected to this uh, very difficult job. Carter was elected in 76, as you know, because we'd be coming out of this period of horrible scandal, Nixon and Watergate. Carter presents himself as Mr. Clean, I'll never lie to you. That very appealing in 1976, but he flopped on the job. Along comes Biden now, after what at least most Americans see as this a scandalous uh, Trump era, double impeachments and you know all the rest. And Biden came in and said, you know, look, I may be a gaffe machine, but I'm an honest guy. And so it's kind of a lower bar in terms of what we well, want. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, Biden's and, big and theme he, and he, was... And he did not win, and he did not win by very much, as you right. know, well, 45,000 votes, and he would, right. he would have lost. But Biden's major theme was, I'm going to unite the country, I'm going to bring us all together, because President Trump was divisive. Um, but he has done the opposite of that, has he not? He hasn't united well, anybody I know. I think he, I, I think there's certainly something to that. I mean, look, two thirds of the, well, not two thirds, 55% of the country uh, approve of him, 45% uh, uh, don't. Uh, you know, with Trump, those numbers were, those, well, the numbers were reversed under yeah, Trump. Yeah, I, I know. But I haven't seen any kind of outreach to try to get everybody together on some kind of uh, kumbaya plane. Paul, thanks for uh, uh, helping us out. We really appreciate it. Know how busy you are. Thank you very much. Toyota, probably the most powerful corporation in Japan, they pulled out of Olympic advertising because the Japanese people are so crazy angry that these games are being held in the first place. They didn't want it. The, the only two people that wanted it were NBC making billions and the Japanese government who spent billions and they didn't want to get, they want to get some return for their, for their investment. But Toyota says, ah, you know, we're not going to advertise. And he's not even going, the CEO of Toyota, to the opening ceremony. Akio Toyota, not with a T, with a Y, T-O-Y-O-D-A. <laughs> That's his name. Toyota, but not Toyota. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, uh, the COVID thing in Japan, very intense because they don't have the vax. Here. Uh, the week, July 5th to the 11th, all right, uh, U.S. cases of COVID are up 44% from the previous week because the people who did not get the vax, will not get the vax, are getting COVID. And they're spreading it to other people who are unvaxxed and children. That's why. So the five states with the least vaccinated residents are Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, 
Wyoming, that's four. I'm sorry, I misled you. I thought I had five. Um, And they have low vaccination rates, and that's where the vax, the COVID cases are. So just remember, I mean, I told you from the jump that you should get the vaccine. Unless you have a doctor who's saying, no, it would be bad for you. A personal physician overrides anybody. You should get it because it protects you and it protects the people you care about. Because remember, it's dormant for a few days. You can spread it and nobody knows. But 30, 35 percent of Americans say, I when I get it. We don't care. We're not getting it. And there's enough media that plays into that where those people are firm. OK, so I expect. COVID for the rest of the summer to rise, not crazy rise, but among the unvaccinated. So in L.A., of course, they overreact because the uh, progressives who run the city and county basically say we're using COVID for political purposes. Now in L.A., you have a mask mandate. You want to go inside any building, you got to wear a mask because of this new rise. Uh, But the sheriff of L.A. County, Alex Villanueva, says, we're not going to enforce it because it goes against science and federal guidelines. So Villanueva says, blank you to the city and county of L.A. authorities and, and, you know, don't call us to enforce the mass mandate because we're not. Interesting, right? So the, the whole COVID thing, is being used by the progressives, and they, there's some brilliant thinkers there, to impose their philosophy of life. They're using COVID to silence opposition. Okay? I think we all know that because of Donald Trump. So if you say questionable things on the Internet, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you can be shut down, out of there. Nobody will ever hear you again. And that's what Senator Amy Klobuchar wants if you dissent on COVID. Roll the tape. There's absolutely no reason they shouldn't be able to monitor this better and take this crap off of their platforms that are basically telling people, oh, hey, there's problems when we know science proves there isn't. And so I feel very strongly about this uh, because of the fact that you are literally seeing, as, as the Surgeon General said, over that people who are vaccinated, they are the ones that aren't dying. Okay, so I don't agree with her. Now, that may seem contradictory because I want you to get the vaccine. But I don't believe that COVID should be used to silence anyone. Okay, so if you don't want to get the vaccine, you should be able to post why. Now, if you say, I don't want to get it because I'm going to turn into a werewolf, well, you're a fool. And people will know you're a fool. If you cite a statistic that says 70% of those vaxxed are getting COVID, then I would censor you. If I were uh, in Silicon Valley running those companies. So if you put a stat up that's false, that goes. But I wouldn't banish you. I'd just take the post off. So in a country with many points of view, the anti-vax people should be heard. Okay, I don't agree with them. And I think my argument is very powerful, but I don't want to ban them. Amy Klobuchar does. 
because once you start down that ban road, you can you could put it to global warming. If you don't believe in global warming, boom, you're a non-person. You can't be hurt. That's what they want, because you can't impose socialism and progressive policies without totalitarianism. It has never been done in the history of this planet. There hasn't been one socialist government that has come about because of a free vote. Never happens. It's always silence the opposition. Always. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay. Now, one of the partners in silencing the opposition, in canceling people, in terrorizing people who are non-progressives, in taking jobs away from people. Um, One of the most powerful groups that have aligned themselves with doing all of that, all of that destructive stuff, all all of the PC stuff, are the corporations. Not all of them, but a bunch of them. Let's bring in Rogan O'Handley. He's attorney and a conservative activist. He joins us from St. Petersburg, Florida. Mr. O'Hanley has a lot of experience in show business and with big corporations. So my question, because I'm a simple man counselor, as you know, is why would Disney, which I think is the worst, why would they buy into this progressive vision when it could very well hurt their business? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they want special favors from the people making the laws in D.C., right? So they're going to play along to get along. And I also think, especially with Disney and other Hollywood companies, there is a strong interest in appeasing their Chinese counterparts, right? So for two reasons. One, the first is that China has actually invested heavily in Hollywood, When I was there uh, from 2011 to 2017, you know, I was working on deals where uh, Chinese owned companies were, you know, bought legendary pictures, for example. Uh, That was a multi-billion dollar deal. They also co-finance films. But almost most importantly, for companies that aren't necessarily owned by China, um, you know, China has a massive movie market. They have an explosive middle class. They have movie theaters all over. Uh, the country now, and they have a strict censorship protocol 
for foreign movies coming in to reap those rewards. And I think it's gone from anywhere from 16 to 32 films a year are allowed in from outside the country. These companies want that access. So not only does the movie have to be, you know, uh, friendly to China, but they also have to have a PR campaign that aligns with what China wants, right? Okay, because if but they you could do head- both. You could do both. I could be the head of a movie company in L.A. or a television company like Disney. And Disney obviously is in movies, too. Um, and I could say and pander to the Chinese like the National Basketball Association is doing. They pander to the Chinese because they want their products to be sold in China. You could do that and not be woke and not be trying to cancel people with an opposing point of view. Couldn't you do both? You could be a moderate and a fair person here in the United States and say, no, we're not buying into this cancel stuff and still kiss the butts of the uh, bureaucrats in Beijing. Couldn't you do both? You could. I tend to think that there is actually a bigger plan for China to, you know, Uh, establish their power all over the world and to also establish dominance over the United States. How are they going to do it? They aren't necessarily going to beat us militarily. They aren't going to come knocking on the door. They're going to work from within surreptitiously. We're seeing professors being busted all over the country for receiving secret China payments. We're seeing China, uh, you know, uh, after Trump renegotiated the trade deal, they got very confrontational and then we had a lot of issues with COVID. You've seen them Uh, blockading investigations into Wuhan. So uh, I tend to think that a larger-term Chinese plan, which they've openly admitted, is to not only uh, establish a foothold over the world as the dominant superpower, but especially over the United States. And how do you do that? Sure, they want to defeat us. this division within the country. Okay, but I think the Chinese issue is a separate issue, all right? The issue of Disney saying to its announcers in Orlando and in Anaheim, you are not allowed to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, anymore. That has nothing to do with China. That's basically bringing an oppression, number one, to traditional ways of speaking about people, and number two, to freedom of speech. So why would Bob Iger, a billionaire, and his board of directors, all of whom are fabulously wealthy, want to impose this insanity on people who go to their theme parks. I think there's a lot of corporate peer pressure, to be honest, as well. You know, we had decades of this critical race theory permeating our uh, public institutions, educational institutions, and our colleges, and now they're kind of reaping the rewards of that social investment, okay? And now you have a lot of uh, major corporations, such as Nike, Dick's Sporting Goods, uh, ESPN, um, uh, you know, the Oscars, the Emmys, all these organizations that are seeing a lot of pushback from middle America, but they're still plowing forward with what they believe is the, the, the future, the established ideology of social equity, which is just a fancy way of saying, you know, communist type principles. Um, and, and, you know, we saw, we see what happens when companies push back against this dominant national narrative, they get iced out. Look at, you know, Parler, for example, right? They decided to not go along with the Apple, Google restrictions, and then they got shut down by Amazon servers. These companies, and especially a lot of the billionaires running 
you know, things at the top. There's not too many of them when it comes down to it. You know, all media corporations are owned by like six companies. But they almost have out. a group think about them. They're, they're, it's almost yes. a group think um, where they all think the same. They're all on board with the progressive left. Same thing in Hollywood. Same thing in uh, New York City in the network divisions that run a television industry. They all think the same. Is it because they want to get invited to parties? I mean, this this doesn't seem to be any diversity of thought at all. Last word. Well, I think think a lot of it has to do with that. If they want to keep rising in the ranks of their companies, if they want... Uh, you know, their companies to be able to do further business deals with these other companies. I think there is this kind of consolidated effort where they say, if we all stick together and we all do this, they can't boycott us all. Okay. But I do believe that this creates a multi-billion dollar opportunity for parallel institutions that are friendly and tolerant to conservatives to thrive in this new uh, environment. I think so, too. But first, it's going to be Congress getting involved in the censorship issue. That's got to happen. Counselor, thanks very much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by faith. Okay, let's go to um, Cuba. Now, there is a group that wants to bring pressure on the Cuban government from the USA by organizing a flotilla of vessels to sail into the Straits of Florida. Remember, if you look at the map, it's 90 miles from Havana to Key West. And in between some of the most lucrative fishing grounds in the world, the Straits of Florida. So this group in Miami wants a whole bunch of vessels to go out there and bring attention to the Cuban people's plight, all right? So the organizer, Jorge Lopez, says, quote, the purpose is to stay on the border, not trespass, stay in international waters, and just let the Cuban people know we're fighting for their freedom so once and for all they can be a free country. So that's what Jorge says. Now, I support Jorge, but I will warn anyone that those are dangerous waters there because of the currents. I have dived those waters, and I have sailed those waters. You don't play around the streets of Florida, you wind up in the Bahamas. You fall overboard, something happens, you hit a bad vessel, and there's plenty of sharks. Plenty. This is not a joyride. But the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has issued a warning to anybody who would take a boat into the Florida Straits to protest and said 
that if you don't get permission from the U.S. Coast Guard to do that, we are going to arrest you. And you could face 10 years in prison and a fine of $25,000 a day. So I don't think they're going to arrest anybody, but the threat is being made from the Biden administration. They don't want this flotilla out there. Why? I think it's good if Americans demonstrate on behalf of the Cuban people. But I want it to be done safely and in an organized fashion. Would I alert the U.S. Coast Guard? I sure would. A big Coast Guard base in Key West. You got to call them up. You got to tell them, hey, we're going to do this. We're not going into Cuban waters. You go into Cuban waters, they can detain you. And the Coast Guard can't do anything about it. But you were going to stay outside the Cuban uh, boundary, stay in international waters, okay? And we're going to tell the Cuban people we're with them. What's wrong with that? So why isn't the Biden administration saying, hey, we admire the protest here. It's the right protest, but don't be foolish. Don't be stupid. Don't put yourself or the country in jeopardy. That's what they should say rather than just issuing this threat. All right, Chicago. So uh, another crazy weekend uh, where, you know, insane amount of people, 56 shot last weekend in Chicago, 11 dead. It's every weekend. So the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois doesn't want to stop this. Because if they did, they put the National Guard, Pritzker would order the National Guard into these neighborhoods. There's only four or five of them. And the Guard would patrol and the drug gangs couldn't come out with their guns. Because the National Guard can detain you, can't arrest you, but can detain you. And then the police come and arrest you. So that would stop it. So if the guard were patrolling last weekend, 56 people would not have been shot and 11 people would still be alive. But Pritzker won't do it because Pritzker is perhaps the worst governor in the country, governor of Illinois right now. Anyway, so the city of Chicago and Chicago PD Superintendent David Brown, who again have no idea or don't, and they don't want to stop it, says we're going to create a team of 50 officers that will target gun traffickers and disreputable licensed firearm dealers. So what good is that going to do, Commissioner Brown? Obviously, the drug gangs already have the guns. They're the ones that are shooting everyone. You know that. I know that. Now, I don't mind you targeting disreputable gun dealers who don't do what they're supposed to do. I don't mind. Why would you take 50 elite Chicago PD and assign them to that rather than assign them to catching the killers? Why? You see, criminals commit crimes. Guns don't. Criminals use guns. But the guns themselves don't commit crimes. Now, you can slow the flow of guns down, I guess, into Cook County. But the drug gangs have plenty of guns already. (laughs) It's just none of this makes any sense because they don't really want to solve the problem. Because if you really solve the problem, then you have to occupy African-American neighborhoods with 
mostly white people. That's why they don't want to do it. And so they goes on and on. Philadelphia. So people in Philly, you're going to get what you deserve. You reelected this uh, D.A. Krasner who won't enforce the law. He won't enforce it. So now uh, Philly's catching up to uh, Chicago. Last weekend, three dead, 33 shot in Philly, a much smaller city than Chicago. Because Krasner doesn't enforce the law. The criminals say, ah, you know, we'll worry about it. We're not going to penitentiary because Larry isn't going to charge us. It's, you know, it's, it's so simple what is happening. The solutions are difficult because the problem is so acute, life and death. But again, I will go back to the fact that the people of Chicago, New York City, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, Baltimore, on and on, they are not protesting. Until that happens, don't expect anything good in the criminal justice area. Here's a new poll uh, just out by Gallup, and it says, you have confidence in the following institutions, throw them on up. And I'll give you uh, 2019 and then uh, this year. So public school system, um, confidence, 29%. Now it's gone up three points to 32. Medical system, you see the number 36, now up to 44. That's COVID. That's the VAX. That's why that jumped. Small business, 68, 70. That's got a lot of confidence of people. Church or organized religion, boy, only 36, 37% um, have confidence in the churches. That has really hurt our culture. And it's the church's fault, largely, not just the Catholic church, but all of them. They're not responsive to the people's needs. Uh, banks, uh, no, nobody likes banks. Uh, U.S. Supreme Court, few like them. Criminal justice system, 20% have confidence in the criminal justice system. There is a lot of corruption there, no doubt about it. Military, still high numbers. Tech companies, only 29%. 29%. And that's a censorship deal right there. Newspapers are shot. 21%. That's it. Have uh, confidence in them. How about this number? Television news, 16%. (laughs) Who are you people of confidence in television news? I want to know. Who are you? All right. Uh, Presidency, 38. That number stayed the same. Trump to Biden. Isn't that interesting? Low number, but stayed the same. Big business has fallen. Congress is nowhere, and the police falling a little off the George Floyd stuff. There is the trust poll from Gallup. Okay, now, why don't people trust the media? Let me tell you an interesting story. So, there was a hit piece by Politico. Politico is a left-wing website. We knew this was going to happen once we announced the Trump O'Reilly history tour. We knew someone was going to come try to hurt the tour. It wasn't a hard analysis. So political was the one. And um, I have a tendency to ignore this stuff, but President Trump asked me to talk to the political reporter, which I did out of respect for the president. So the guy gets on the line. He sounds like a middle schooler, had his article already written, (laughs) already written, that the Trump O'Reilly history tour is not selling tickets very well. That was his article, and he had it written. And then he had a lot of smear stuff against me in the piece. So I told him basically uh, blank himself 
Uh, and I said to him, you know, you write any defamatory thing, we'll see you in court because that's what I'm doing now. You defame me, you hurt me, you hurt anybody around me, we'll see you in court. And I've won five in a row. So anyway, um, the political article goes out. Nah, not a lot of pickup. It was just a BS article. I mean, it, it was just crap. And I gave the guy the stats. He never found a way into the article. So in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, um, for the show in December, all the VPs are gone. All the VP tickets are sold out. And those tickets are really expensive. All right. In Houston, all the VPs sold out. In Dallas, all the VPs sold out. And in Orlando, 25 VPs left. That's it. So those are the most those are the most expensive tickets and the ones that are in the greatest demand. There are seats to all shows because we didn't do any marketing yet. We haven't spent a nickel on marketing, not a nickel. Why? Because you don't market six months out. Shows are in December. You announce. And this is what I told uh, President Trump. I said on the announcement, just the announcement. We have seven million dollars in the bank. And ticket sales. Nobody does that. And I told the guy that for political. You know what he said to me? It's a quote. Bad Bunny sold out in two days. <laughs> Bad Bunny. I said, how much were those tickets for Bad Bunny? <laughs> it was like, again, talking to a ninth grader, some school newspaper. Anyway, the thing goes out, gets picked up, unfortunately, totally Anybody reading it would know it's ridiculous, but The Hill picked it up. Now, The Hill offered me a job when I left Fox, big money. I turned it down because I wasn't ready to sign on with anybody then. But The Hill has collapsed, and it is now no standards at all. They picked this up. They know what Politico is. They know. Everybody knows. So I'll just give you a little example of that. And we had a really good weekend for the uh, Trump O'Reilly History Tour. Maybe that even helped us. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not gonna find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. I mentioned yesterday, um, there's a war now, and, and it's ideological. So liberals want everybody vaxxed. Yes, vax, vax, vax. And some conservatives, not a majority, but some, no, we're not doing it. Okay, so it's political now. It's come political. And the press, which is... 90% liberal, they're pounding some conservative commentators who aren't all in on the vax. You know that. Everybody knows this. So I did a little research, and I found out um, that white Americans have a 67% vax rate. White, 67%. That's one or two shots. Black Americans, 51%. That's the lowest ethnic group. Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, 63 percent, almost parity with white Americans and Asian Americans. They went 74 percent. Now, the press does not tell you that African-Americans by far have the lowest vax rate. Why? 
Why? If the left-wing press, the progressive press, is hammering conservative commentators who are skeptical about the vax, why aren't they criticizing 49% of the African-American population, which has not got the vax? Remember, it's free. I don't know. Could it be the press is hypocritical? Could it be that their coverage is corrupt? That they slant everything against conservative traditional Americans? And they ignore anything that might like minority groups look a little dubious? Could that be it? I think it might be. So it's my job here to cut through all of this. And I've been very vocal from the beginning. I hope you get vaxxed. I hope you protect yourself and others. I really do. I'm vaxxed. So my family is vaxxed. And we got vaxxed early. I don't care what color you are. We're all Americans. I want to stamp this thing out. This is horrible, this COVID. All right. And the only way to, the only way to stamp it out is through vaccinations. We'll see you tomorrow.